0: relates the, uh, the Bible, relates the church to a body. So if we want to look at the church and understand how the church is to work, uh, how the church is supposed to function, what it promotes, uh, what it's here for, we can look at a body. And we all have physical bodies to look at. And we can all look at how our church is supposed to be made up of many members, but one group. Amen? And so this one group has to come together. Unity is key. Uh, dysfunction in your body comes when something comes out of unity. Your body goes the wrong way when one part of your body chooses not to continue to promote the overall health of the body. Uh, A person does not die because the entire body got inflicted with something. A person usually dies because something started in one area and either spread or it was in an area that was of very important uh, use. And we're seeing this in church today. Churches are falling apart today. Churches are collapsing because there is uh, something within the church that's destroying it. And part of that is dysfunction and disunity. And Jesus told Peter in Matthew chapter 16, he said, Upon this rock I will build my church. So we want to know what his church looks like. Because his church is the one he's coming back for. Jesus is coming back for the church, his church, not just any church, not just anybody that gathers together and calls themselves church, not just people that meet inside of a building that on the outside it's labeled church. He's coming back for his church. And so we've been looking at what does that church look like? What does that body look like? And so we want to identify these things so we can be that church in this city. God has called us here for such a time as this, and I believe that our purpose fully hinges, the work that we do fully hinges on understanding who we are here. Because I can't go out there and do anything until my body is full and healthy and doing what it's supposed to do. You know, uh, if you think about an athlete, an athlete doesn't just jump out on a field and start playing a professional sport. They have to prepare their body. They have to get their body into submission. They have to work their body and get it in line to do the work that is required on the field. If you're not used to running every day, then don't try to play soccer because you're going to be running all the time. Uh, If you're not uh, used to strengthening your legs and, and doing those type of things, you probably don't want to play football because you're going to get knocked over a whole lot. Um, There's just certain things that we have to do with the body before it is required to act. And this body, this church, is required to act, but we have to get prepared here on the practice field. This is the practice field. A lot of people see church as the end. I made it to church. I finally got to church. I finally came into the kingdom, and now I'm in church. That's just the beginning. That's the starting ground. This is what ought to catapult us into the city and into the world. That's why the church is here. So we took a a while, I think, like I said, five or six weeks learning on what the body is and how the church works as a body. Last week, we turned a corner and we started looking at the word build. Started looking at the word build because Jesus said, I will build my church. And we saw that that word build implies that there's a process. There's a process. There's a, a, a coming from the ground up in this building process to become what we need to be. Okay, so we have to build the church. And he said that I will build my church. Last week, we looked at the very first thing you have to look at when you build anything. Foundation. If you have nothing to build upon, then you cannot build. And if your foundation is not solid, if your foundation is not what it should be. Then your structure or what you build on top of that will falter, will crumble. As the foundation is, so goes the structure. As the foundation goes, so goes the building that is on it. And so we looked at that from the ground up. Well, what is the foundation of the church? The foundation is His Word. is God's Word revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. That is the foundation of the church, period. The foundation of the church is not a pastor. A lot of churches have... Falling into that, well, you know, our church is built upon our pastor. Well, guess what? When the pastor goes, then the church goes. And that's not supposed to happen. Um, so the church is not built upon a pastor. The church is not built on a man. The church is not built on a government system. The church is only built on one thing, and that is his word, God's word, revealed by the Holy Spirit. That's what we looked at last week. This week, we're going to move into The structure. What makes up this building? And so to do that, um, you know, I can kind of identify, it in fact, is you know, kind of cool. We've got walls that aren't built yet. You guys, I don't know if anyone's ever seen framework like that, but that is what is on the inside of all these walls right now. Wood studs. This is not just, you don't just go to Home Depot and buy a wall and just move it here, okay? There's pieces And each piece brings a supply. Each piece has to do its part to be a part of the building. And within all of that wood is nails and screws holding it all together. I mean, we could break this way down. And so you see the framework of the walls that we're trying to build up. And on top of that framework goes the sheetrock, which is this here. And then on top of that, because thank God that this isn't just sheetrock because it wouldn't look good. You would have screw holes everywhere. You would have lines. But somebody did a very good job of covering up, mudding the screw holes to make it look presentable and to patch up the seams. You can probably see one right here. Patch up some seams here. So then we can paint on it and make it one wall. But this is actually one wall made up of a bunch of pieces of sheetrock all the way down. Okay, And that's what those will be. So you're kind of getting to see the inner workings of what this building looks like. If we took away this sheetrock on top of here, then you would see wood studs all the way down. And I know they're wood studs because I've been looking at a lot of plans of this building the last week. (laughs) Their wood does. There's no metal in there. But on the outside, there's metal. There's metal on the outside. Now what if the metal on the outside, which is necessary because the outside is the part that's most structural? That's what you that's what you build first, and then you can go interior. Well what if that metal said, Man, I'm tired of this job. I want to go I want to switch places with the wood. You know what's going to happen? That wood is going to snap on the outside. You know why? Because there's a lot of weight on that out there. So whoever designed, built, drew up this building knew exactly what parts needed to go where so that it would what? Serve its purpose. So it would serve its purpose. What's its purpose? To house stuff. To put stuff in. Whether it be offices or whether it be a church. Whether it be a daycare, or whether it be a restaurant. Whatever needed to go in here. So, we have to understand that when you're building something, you first start with a foundation. But then what you build on top of that is determined by the designer. By the planner. Well, who's the designer of the body of Christ? Jesus. He said, I will build my church. So, guess what? That means that he chooses... Where we go. That means he identifies what role we play. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll start there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we know we've been looking at this passage over the past several weeks. This is Paul explaining to the Corinthian church. What the church is supposed to look like. And so this is where he starts speaking of it as a body. And let's start with verse 11, or verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 4. There are, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. So who's working? God. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But here's verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as who wills, as he wills. So who's choosing where it goes? God is. The spirit is. No part of this building chose where it wanted to go. It was identified by the builder. It was identified by the designer as this is your fit. This message tonight is finding your fit. Finding your fit in the body. I thank God that my hand found its fit. And I thank God, and, and Paul goes on to say in this same passage, he starts getting into the body, and says, Look, the eye doesn't say to the ear, I don't need you. The mouth doesn't say to the nose, I want to be a nose. Okay, so the different parts of the body are there because they serve their roles. The different parts of the body serve their purpose, and their purpose promotes The overall purpose. What did that verse say there? It said, uh, up in verse... He thinks he knows it. He's almost got it. And if I could understand him, he probably would be saying it. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The profit of all. The church is profitable when everyone is supplying their fit. The church is profitable not just when the pastor's doing his job. The church is not just profitable when the children's workers are in place. The church is not just profitable when there's a word of wisdom or a tongue and interpretation going on. The church is profitable when every fit, every joint is bringing its supply, is doing what it's supposed to do, is doing as it was required to do by the builder. And Jesus, the Spirit, God, is building His church. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers... Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edify means to encourage or build up. Look, we ought to be able to come to church and and be built up. This isn't a place to tear people down. This isn't a place to, to run people in the ground and tell them how sorry they are. This is a place where we ought to be able to come and be built up and be encouraged. And by the body giving into itself, and edifying and encouraging each other, we ought to be able to leave church more excited than we were than we were when we came. We ought to be able to come to church and be so encouraged that there are people that love me. There are people that uh, value me and value my purpose. And my purpose and my role is important. My purpose and my role is important to the king, because he put me there. But it's also important to everybody else at church because I'm edifying them and they're edifying me. See, all this, all this that we don't see in this building, it's all working together. And if any of it starts working against itself, it starts to show. If the foundation's bad and it starts to crack, it starts to show. If walls weren't put together properly, it'll start to show. If the electrical work was done improperly, it'll start to show. Wear and tear starts to come. Things start getting torn down. You know what's so exciting about the church is that once the foundation is laid, and even with any building, once the foundation is laid, what's holding it up from there? Because the foundation is the Word of God. But what's holding it up is us. And we make up the church. If you're not here, we don't have church. Period. So it's important to get involved and it's important to find our fit. And, you know, I don't know that a lot of churches are putting importance on that. I think a lot of churches are just excited with people just coming to church and hearing the word. But at this church, we're going to be about getting people involved and getting people hooked up and bringing their supply. I said this earlier in our supportive ministries meeting. One of the greatest things that I learned from Pastor Earl was not just to value people on a membership level, but to value people on a partner level. Let's partner together to get this vision done in the city. Let's partner together. It's not to, to have a great representation in this church and a great presentation. It's not about uh, you know coming here and hey, we've, we staff people and, and people work for us and you know isn't that an exciting place to be. It's about focusing on the city. Everything we do here is just to catapult us to get out there. And when we have children's workers watching kids in classrooms so people can be built up with the word, that's so that they can be built up with the word in here to take the word to their coworkers and not being hindered by their children. Then their children are being built up, and they're going to their schools. They're growing up, being trained up in the way that they should go. And when they grow up, they're going to affect their world. It's all about affecting everything out there. It's not about here, but when we do our part here, when we play our role in the church and do what we're called to do here, we bring our supply here, it allows for out there to take place. It allows for the work to be done out there. And it gives people their value. It gives people their importance. You should, you should come to church and feel valued by people here. You should, you should not come to church and feel put down This is not a place for that. We ought to walk away from here felt lifted up and encouraged. Okay? That's the exciting thing about church. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 11, um, tells us that. That it is for the equipping of the saints. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ to be built up. Verse 16. Verse 16, same chapter, uh, 4. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Look at this. Causes growth of the body for edifying of itself in love. That's what you do when you bring your supply. When you're knit together, when you're joined together, it is effective working that every part brings its share, causing the growth of the body. You want a church to grow? you got to feed it. The body feeds itself. My head does not feed me. The body feeds itself. There are different roles that my body plays in feeding me and getting nutrients to the rest of my body to Wake up every morning and do what I need to do. That's how the body works together. That causes growth. And then it also says that it it brings the edification of itself in love or the encouragement. Edifying means to encourage, to build up. The church is to build itself up. We should not have to rely on an outside source to build up the church. I should not have to rely on an outside source of someone to tell me, hey, your church is awesome. That should not be what I have to rely on. I should be able to come to church and see every single face in this room and be built up and be encouraged and be edified. And I should be able to do the same thing to every single person in this room. Every single person. That's how the church works together. You know, when the builder builds the church, or when, the, when, when a builder builds a building, just a physical location, He's not necessary, it's not necessary for him to be on site to keep the thing standing. Whoever builds something, he should not have to stay here and do stuff to keep it up. He builds it in a way that it keeps itself supported. It keeps itself upright. It's all in the building. And we already know who's building the church. We already know who's designed this thing, who's planned this thing out. And we know that he is the master builder. And he has put every single person, every single thing in the church where it is necessary. To do what? To promote itself. To build itself up. Jesus, not should, have, Jesus should not have to keep coming to you and, and telling you who you are. You should be able to get that from church. You get that from his word because that's the foundation. That remains. That remains. But, you know, I don't need a vision from Jesus to tell me, hey, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can go to church to hear that. I can go to his word and the foundation to hear that. And that keeps me built up and that keeps me in the place in the body where I'm necessary and where I'm needed. Okay? Let's go on to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 again. Verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12:28. It says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. But look what it says here in verse 29. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers, workers of miracles? Do they all have gifts of healings? Do they all speak with tongues? Do they all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. What's he identifying here? He's saying not everybody will do and produce the same role and bring the same supply. Well, a lot of times we get caught up because we want to do what somebody else is doing. And for some reason we think that somebody else has it better than we do. Or is that a level that we need to be, and so I need to be there. And For those of you that were in the support ministry meeting, this was exactly what we just got done talking about. Is when you know you're fit and you're confident in your fit, there's nobody that can pull you out. First thing we identified is who puts you in your fit? God. It says that you are uh, in your position as the Spirit pleases, as He pleased. So if He put you in, who can pull you out? God. Nobody else can pull you out. There's no man that can come by and take something away from you that God has called you to do. If any pastor tries to pull you out of of a gift that God has put you in, then they're not being led by the Spirit. And they're maybe being led by emotions. They're being led by their own feelings. But if, if I'm hearing from the Spirit, and I'm confident that I'm being led by the Spirit, then... Where I see your fit should line up with where the Spirit wants you to be. So we're not trying to attain to what someone says or what a person says. That's not what we're trying to attain to. That's not the goal. Okay? We are trying to be where God wants us to be. I mean, he just identifies. you. Not all of them can be apostles. Not all can be prophets. Not all can have gifts of miracles. But we go where God has called us to be. You know, throughout that chapter in First Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul identifies that there are parts of our body that may not seem like they are uh, of great honor because they're not as noticeable.
1: But I have a hard
0: time saying that my heart's not an important part of my body just because you can't see it. My brain's not an important part of my body because you can't see it. My lungs aren't that vital because... You don't see what they're doing. What's he saying? He's saying that every part is of the same honor, all on the same playing field, and they all ought to promote the best interest and promote life to the body. Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. He told Peter that in Matthew 16. So that tells us that a church only fails from the inside out. The church only fails from the inside out. And I'll tell you this, the enemy attacks higher positions. He does attack higher positions. The devil understands influence. So he understands that if he can get someone of high high influence, he's going to wind up probably influencing everyone else that falls underneath that. I'll tell you right now, pastors come under a lot of... Of oppression. There's a lot that comes against pastors. Why? Because there's an added weight. Because what I say affects many people. As long as I'm preaching the word, we're good. I just read about a pastor this afternoon of a very large church here in this state. That is having to take a leave of absence from his own church. Because of issues in his home and whether they're true or not I'm not even going to go there. I don't know. I don't know the man. I don't know what they've done. I don't know anything about him. But I do know this that the enemy is about attacking higher up because that's a very large church and who knows who knows what effect it may have on that church. Split the church, put the church down the road. Uh who knows? And regardless of if the man is, is right or not, there's a, there's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of weight that comes uh, from the enemy. But he attacks from the inside out. He'll attack with just little here and there gossip, here and there backbiting, someone taking offense. Offense is huge. The second an offense enters, it needs to be opened up to whoever the offense is that is taken place with. Period. If there's an offense in the church, that is one of the number one areas that the enemy attacks. And then half the party doesn't even know there's an issue. Communication is important. Communication is huge. These are ways that the enemy tries to attack the church because he has nothing on the church from the outside. So what does he have to do? Go on the inside. He has to work from the inside out. He'll start planning thoughts. This person thinks this about you. Or this person says this about you. Or... You should be in that position, and they shouldn't have it. And I mean, there's so much junk out there. And if we would just talk it out, we'd find half of it was false. Find out all of it's false. It's just the enemy trying to work and infiltrate within the system because he has no bearing from the outside, period. That's how the devil works. But this place, this house, this church is going to be a house where people are built up. This is going to be a house where people are edified because we have to find our fit, Be where God placed us, where it pleases Him. I mean, it literally pleases God when you're in your position, when you're in your assignment, when you're fulfilling your task. You are pleasing to God. And I'd be hard-pressed to say that nobody in this room wants to please God. So we need to find a position in the church. We need to find out what is our fit, what supply can I bring. Is it financial? I'll bring a financial. Is it resource? I'll bring resource. Is it time? I'll bring time. Is it uh, skill sets? I'll bring that. I mean, we've had people that have helped us uh, build these walls. And we had people help us when we are at the other location build walls. What's that do? That keeps us from having to go outside and grab labor and pay for that. But then it also is the body supplying itself. And I can tell you that there's a lot more encouragement and a lot of more edification going on in those building sites than probably what you would find around town. Where you got people cussing and talking about the party they had last night and the bar they're going to this weekend. We're talking about the word, building each other up while we're building walls. We're building in the natural and building spiritually. That's, that's edification. That's, it seems small. It seems like it's meaningful. Menial. Meaningless. But God means a lot with his body. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to be, we will be different in this city. I know this. I know that we will. And I'm not trying to be different. I'm not trying to branch out and do something crazy no one else has done. That's not my motive. But I know the importance of church. I know how church is to be valued. I know how important it is to be hooked up with church and make it a priority. I know this. And A lot of this town, I don't believe, does. In churches, they're not preaching that. And people are finding importance in other things than they ought to find. And issues are happening at home, issues are happening in marriages, issues are happening with kids, with jobs. And the answer is get in church and find your fit and bring your supply there. I I honestly believe that. My life seven years ago completely changed when I gained a whole new picture of what church was all about when i understood that church was not just a religious ritual you don't just go there and you hear the pastor preach and you know maybe jot down some notes don't touch anything until the next sunday and don't do anything i mean i, I learned a whole lot and things changed in my personal life changed things changed uh, at work i found that i wasn't place, placing so much importance on outside sources and i found myself look if it means that i need to to take a week off to do this at the church i'll do it and and making a priority and making value and that's what god's calling us to do and that's why this church is going to be different that's why this church is going to do what it's going to do we want to reach the city but i'm not doing it by myself i'm not doing it by myself i'm here to rally the troops i'm here to educate but i'm here to raise up leaders not just a bunch of followers Jesus wasn't raising up followers. He had 12 followers throughout his ministry. But the whole time they were following, they were learning to be leaders. And the second he went to heaven, who showed up and took over and became the church? Peter, James, John, Matthew, all those disciples. They ended up even replacing the one that fell off the bandwagon, Judas. So it's important that we understand why we're doing what we're doing. Because I don't want to go through the motions. There's there's enough church out there to go through the motions. There's enough buildings, maybe even meeting right now in this city, that are going through the motions. But I want to find church and find out what is church. Because I want my life different. And I want to change the people around me. I don't want to just work with the co-workers that I work with. And, well, you know, they're dying and going to hell, but at least I'm not. I don't want that. I want to change that. I want to be the person that says, look, man, you don't have to live this way. I want to be the person they come to when they say, man, my wife, she's leaving me. I don't know what to do. My kids, they're falling away. What do I need to do? Will you pray with me? I want to be that person. And that's influence. And that's why we're here. Amen? That's all I really had tonight. I, probably the, the shortest list of verses I've ever given you. But, and it, it's something that I've hit on before. But with to, to understand building the church, we got to understand Jesus is building, but what's he using? Be the material that Jesus is using. Be the material. Be the resource that Jesus is using to build his church. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we will be your church.